Welcome to the Modern Life and Spirit Podcast, where we explore spiritual topics relevant to today's world. Your hosts, certified psychic medium, Christina Wooten, and Reiki master teacher, Robert Wooten, break down how to work with spirit to create more positive growth in your life. Consider this podcast your go-to spiritual resource for navigating the modern world. Hey there, kindred spirits. Welcome to Modern Life and Spirit Podcast. My name is Christina Wooten, Certified Psychic Medium. And here on the podcast, we talk about how you can integrate spiritual and intuitive living into your daily life in practical and grounded ways. And I'm so excited to have Richard West, who's joining us today, who's going to be helping us to unpack and understand conscious connection and communication and relating. Richard is a spiritual facilitator and psychologist. He offers grounded mysticism and clarity to facilitate self-realization in relationships and transitional phases of life. Originally from the UK, he now lives in Austria in a small hut by the Danube River. He loves connecting with trees, sharing with his children, and playing his banjo. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you so much for being here with us. Hi, Christina. Lovely to be here. So you are really an expert in conscious relating. And I think that when people become experts and are really growing in a certain area, that it's been a bit of a journey of their own healing to get there. And I'm curious as to how you got to where you are today. Sure. So my interest in in self-work and spirituality kind of kicked off at quite a young age. I was already a teenager, but I had a lot of difficulties with communicating with people, specifically people-pleasing. If I knew that somebody wasn't going to be happy with what I said to them, my throat would close down and I wouldn't be able to speak, you know. So this was something that that went through with me through my teenage years and early 20s. And then I started training uh, with an organization called Open Hand on self-realization and spiritual transcendence. Uh, self-realization being the transcendence of identity with, with uh, the lower densities of body, emotions, and mind. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me because it meant that not only could I feel myself beyond those things but I could also go into those things completely without avoiding them uh, Mm. to deal with what was there Mm -hmm. yeah so that actually brought me to work with initially with people who had a terminal prognosis to let Mm -hmm. go of identities uh, in themselves in that in that process Mm-hmm. And uh, and I wrote a book called Awakening Through Change about about identity and change and how you can transcend those, become more uh, in your essence, and come from there. And then what happened as soon as I finished writing my book or writing the first draft of my book, I left an eight year relationship with the mother of my children, and wow. so I had. I had to leave everything that I'd just written about in my book. Yes. And it was a very intense process. There were a lot of ups and downs, as you would expect. 
I am quite happy to say that it was done in a fairly conscious way. And I learned mm. an awful lot from that process of breaking up with somebody. Sounds kind of funny to say that I became a, a conscious relating coach from breaking up with somebody, but that was really <laughs> where it all started. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah so, you have to walk the talk, right? Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I remember when, um, was it Gwyneth Paltrow when she first came out and her and her husband were just splitting up and it became this whole big new topic where people were talking about conscious uncoupling. And I remember being so jealous of that experience because when I split up with my husband, who I have to co-parent with my ex-husband, it wasn't the dream that I thought it would be. I had this kind of idealism of what co-parenting can be and what exes can be and how we can support each other. And that wasn't my reality. But I thought it was so interesting, this, this idea of how you can separate away from the ego and anger and guilt and shame and those lower vibration vibrating emotions to acknowledge when it's time to shift and it's time to change. Like you were sharing with your awakening from change, these outer experiences are reflecting something that we need on a soul level to help us to continue to grow. And we can use that to create little steps and stairways and new growth that's happening in our life, no matter what's occurring on the outside. Did you find that after this conscious uncoupling came out that you had more people kind of on the radar and understanding more of what you do? Or was there more of an interest in that? Yeah, I mean, I started my work kind of at the same time as that came out. It was it was a great timing because because people are naturally more interested in doing this in a conscious way, which is just so amazing that, that yeah. there are people out there who, who recognize that this can be done in a way that can benefit both parties and want to do that. Wow. So what would you say is at the heart of conscious relating? Well, for me, there are three things actually uh, that I would say are at the heart of conscious relating. One of them is taking responsibility for everything that arises within us and therefore dealing with the triggers that come up. Most people are kind of in this uh, reaction mode, you know, and when something mm -hmm. comes up, uh, a trigger gets activated usually from a previous traumatic experience and therefore coping mechanisms kick in and we go into this unconscious reaction mode, mm -hmm. which is based on us not wanting to feel pain. Mm -hmm. So if we can kind of flip that by recognizing that anything that anybody says or does to us, 95% of the time, all they're doing is reflecting a pain that's already within us and just brings mm -hmm. it to the surface. Mm -hmm. And we can really learn to take responsibility for that pain and not not project it or throw it onto the other person but recognize mm -hmm. it as an opportunity to work with and that can be one of the most empowering things that we can do and the second thing is being able to center ourselves and kind of a witness consciousness but in a mm -hmm. way that doesn't 
that doesn't dissociate from our experience. We can be witnessing it and staying in our center, but allowing experience to come up at the same time. I call it a dual experience. Mm -hmm. So allowing this experience, embracing it fully so that you can work with it, but not losing yourself in it. Mm, yeah, I think that's very powerful. I think if you've done the number one, if you're working on your triggers, that's what opens that gateway for your ability to be in that witness space. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the third thing is learning how to express ourselves in a way that keeps us empowered and therefore empowers the people around us as well, using language that most accurately reflects how we're feeling and and our responsibility for for our behavior and our being. I love how you talk about self-responsibility because that's one of the things that when I'm doing readings comes up a lot from the spirit world is that it's not about focusing on the external. It's looking at ourselves and our experience internally and continuing to transmute and transform and, and change. And that a lot of the emphasis and improving our lives isn't about just getting the new job. It isn't about getting the more money. It isn't just about, you know, moving to a different area. It's instead changing a mindset. It's shifting in how we think about ourselves and believe about ourselves and our own sense of self-worth. And that if we change something in our innate level of consciousness, if we shift that, then it's not limiting the transformation and the awakening that we're having. And all of that comes down to self-responsibility because nobody else is going to jump in and rewire what, you know, our system is, right? We have to really be willing to do the work and be willing to not get lost in the trigger and see what the bigger message is. But I'm curious for triggers. I know certain ones that come up in communication around me with some of the other people in my life, one of them would be abandonment. Like there's a strong abandonment trigger that I have with someone. And that can be triggered by if I'm walking away. So if I'm going to walk away from the situation and I'm not being sensitive, you know, that would be how that abandonment trigger shows up. But I'm curious as to with the work you do with other people, what would be some common triggers that you might see? Well, I mean, you've said a, a huge one there, which is abandonment. Another one would be a feeling of betrayal, mm. something something that somebody's done to you. There are common ones like guilt, for example. Mm -hmm. Things can trigger guilt in people quite often, and but that usually gets projected back in some way to make the other person responsible. Mm -hmm. But the trigger itself is guilt. Mm -hmm. Those are the three biggies, really. <laughs> yeah. And you can see how those like really bring our nervous system to a high place. And then yeah. if we're not really, really intentional or really, really in self-awareness, yeah. that it can be easy to get carried on a wave and, and then look back on regret. Man, I didn't handle that very well. I was in my feels, as the young people say. <laughs> exactly. So, I think yes. what the, the main thing that everybody really wants is just to be seen and understood. Mm -hmm. And if that's not being felt, then the triggers can arise quite quickly. I think that's really powerful. And when you do have those people in your life who hold that unconditional love space or part of that container, it really gives us permission, I think, to open up to whole new levels of 
of ourselves to continue to grow, to really work through some of the heavy stuff. So it's so special when you have someone in your life who is willing to be a partner in this type of communication. I suspect you don't always have to have a partner themselves who's practicing conscious relating that, you know, I think a lot of times people are not in that space, but you can still practice it yourself. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. To be a conscious relator is to be working on yourself, on your, what I would call self-realization. It can be a lovely situation to be in when you're with somebody who can hold that space. And you, you, even conscious people, they can't always hold the space. So it, you don't want to be in a position where you have to rely on that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can always, always be worked on, even if you're in a relationship where the other person is not recognizing their stuff, not taking responsibility for it or working on it. It's it's always possible if you, if you know how. Yeah. So let's break down when somebody is, let's say you're in a communication with someone and you're really feeling all of those triggered feelings come up and that emotion is, is very strong and you're feeling very sensitive. What do you do to transform it at that point? What's, what's your next step once you notice that that's happening? The first step in that case is to recognize and honor the feeling. So it can be very, very helpful to be in a consciousness where you're constantly checking in with your body because the body Mm. is where these things arise. So recognize the feeling, notice where your body might be getting tight, contracting Mm -hmm. down. There's no need to label the feeling just yet, but just Mm -hmm. notice the energy of it of what's coming up. And at that point, it's really helpful then to take the responsibility. So that's that's usually the point when people throw that energy out, at whoever is, mm-hmm. has triggered that, that response. So what you want to try and do, if it's possible, is take yourself off to a place where you can really feel that emotion or that energy, that trigger coming through and then express it and express it in a way that isn't directed at anybody else so if Mm -hmm. it's anger you can shout beat pillow stomp your feet these kind of things clap really loudly if it's sadness if it's rejection then you might want to adopt a position which reflects that cry if that's what's coming up just noticing how the emotion wants to move through you Mm. how does your body feel to express that that feeling Mm -hmm. so that's really the first and most important thing because if we can get used to expressing that feeling honoring it but in a way that doesn't project it on to other people and take full responsibility for it then we're allowing that feeling to come through us and to move. It doesn't have to define us anymore. Once you've done that, then it's really important to ask yourself the question, what do I feel I need from this situation? 
And from a spiritual perspective, you can also ask the question, what outcome is it that I feel attached to right now? What do I need this other person? How do I need them to be in order to feel complete in myself? And if you need that other person to be or act a certain way in order to feel complete, then you're giving your power to that person mm -hmm. instead of taking power for yourself. If you can recognize that, then you know what it is that you have to reclaim. Mm -hmm. If it's a feeling of abandonment, for example, you feel like a person has abandoned you, then how can you be there for yourself? Mm. How can you give yourself what you need? I think and, that's powerful. Yeah. Underneath every trigger, there'll be uh, an aligned energy that wants to come through. This energy, it gets, dis it gets distorted when we attach ourselves mm. to outcomes or needing other people to be certain ways mm. there'll always be a truth underneath that which will come through when you've when you've released the the emotion it doesn't so it doesn't define you anymore and you realize where you've been needing the situation or person to be a certain way in order to feel mm. happy or complete mm -hmm. so that energy could be passion or compassion or determination or empathy, these kind of things. And then it's a question of how you want to express that energy. Mm -hmm. I think when you were saying that each person wants to be seen and felt like they're really heard, and I think the same is for every emotion, that when an emotion comes up, and so often with our triggers, we're in avoidance. We want to avoid that uncomfortable feeling, that sense of rejection or the shame that we're feeling in the moment or the anger that we're feeling because it feels very uncomfortable. So we might be in these avoidant spaces. But I find that when I accept the feeling and I listen to what it is that it's really trying to tell me on a deeper level, that it's so much more surface and it's less long lasting. It just shares its message and then I can move forward from it. Like it's immediately transformed into something that's empowering just in the fact of listening to it versus if I'm in discomfort and I'm feeding that and I'm not looking a little bit deeper, then it just extends that frustration or that negative emotion and negative experience and just keeps generating. And then I continue to manifest things in life like our listeners too, manifesting these same experiences to bring up that same feeling until that inner work is going, what is this telling me? <laughs> what is this about on a deeper level? I liked what you were sharing about listening to your body and your immediate reactions and then moving it into an expressive state so that you're really learning to dance a bit with the feeling and what's coming up and move it into a healing process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think the connection with the body is, is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's really where it all begins and where it all can come through. Most people, they have a kind of like a separate identity with their experience. And by that, I mean, it's them against what they're experiencing or they they identified with the experience itself and this mm -hmm. creates this kind of a separation com consciousness where we're not really 
being completely consciousness in everything that we experience. Mm -hmm. If we see the universe as at the level of the one, of oneness, I think most spiritual people feel a kind of a oneness, a, a connection between all beings uh, out there. Yeah. But if you imagine that we are as individual beings, an individual part of that oneness, we have that oneness within us. And therefore, in order to, to be the one and to experience that oneness, we have to be present in every experience, even the dark ones, even the challenging ones, because the one mm -hmm. is in everything. Mm -hmm. And so if we, if we can fully accept and fully allow the feelings that come up, then we are being the one in that. We're not being separate from it anymore. And therefore, mm -hmm. that experience doesn't define us. So here's my question for you. I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for such a long time. I would imagine that when people are first starting in this whole new way of experiencing things and communication, that they may need to take breaks from the actual communication itself so that they can process and, you know, do what you were sharing, like I need to stamp my feet or, you know, shake things out energetically and then come back into it. Do you still take a lot of breaks or do you, are you able to just be present in that communication as it's happening? What does that look like? Well, what I don't do is take myself off somewhere as the as the situation is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it could be that something comes up and I feel a trigger arising. And once the communication is complete, then I take myself off to, to deal with it. Sometimes if you're if you're communicating with a very conscious person, then that's okay because they'll understand that. But mm -hmm. usually if you're communicating with somebody who's not so so conscious, then you saying uh, by I'm just going to process my stuff. It's not, it's not really the ideal uh, <laughs> thing for both of you. Yeah. yeah. What I do is I need a lot of time to myself. I make sure that I give myself that time when, especially when I've had a challenging interaction with somebody or a challenging day of interactions, that I make sure I have some time at the end of the day where I'm just with myself, I have no other distractions. I'm not watching TV or something like that. Maybe just put on some nice relaxing music. I find that to be very important. I think self-responsibility is like a full-time job. <laughs> you know, there's so much <laughs> commitment that we have to make to like maintaining a certain level of awareness and intention and cleansing and you know once you become more aware then it's you just can't really turn it off you know it's just it's a presence it's a consciousness that you kind of sits in the back always observing or watching or witnessing your interactions and so i think it always does get easier in time to be able to hold that dual space of being present in the experience and also witnessing the experience. But I think very much the having time away and time to yourself makes such a big difference, even if it's five minutes, you know, even if it's just five minutes, <laughs> you shut the door somewhere. And I have a do not disturb tag that I'll put on the door. And that's my 
this is mom's me time. This is my sacred space time. <laughs> just give me a few minutes to process or do what needs to be done. And I think just even taking that five minutes makes a difference in how I show up through the rest of the day and how loving I can be, how open I can be to be present with other people's experiences too. It's such a foundation, our relationship with ourself and just being able to know yourself and know what's happening in your system and in your body to, you know, how you participate in the world. It's especially important for all the empaths out there who feel everything, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it can be very difficult to distinguish between what's coming up for you and what you feel coming from other people. Mm-hmm. And so giving yourself time to just breathe out a little bit <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and come back into your own energy is really, really important. Yeah. And just to say, is this mine? Just questioning when the feeling arises, is this mine to begin with? Because sometimes the answer is no. And when it's a no, it usually just that simple question will help to release so much of that energy. And then you're left with, okay, what's what's the kernel of truth, the little seed of truth that's here for me to deal with? Yeah. What else would you say people who are just starting this journey really need to know? I would say one really important thing is to go easy on yourself. Because when we start to recognize this stuff in ourselves, take responsibility for it and become aware of all our triggers, all our woundings, these kind of things. There can be a tendency to go, oh my God, I'm really messed up. (laughs) (laughs) I know that that certainly happened to me (laughs) at one point. And it's not necessarily the case. All you're doing is accessing the wounds that everybody has. Yeah. And most people don't see or want to see. So it's really important not to judge yourself for having things that you need to work on. Mm -hmm. And also, it's a gradual process. So you might bring some awareness to a situation. And then the next time, you might... Be completely unconscious and react and only later realize, oh, actually, this, goodness, this happened. And, and Whoops. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's completely normal. It's a process which goes in waves. You bring a little bit of awareness to it. You process a few things. And, and then there's a period of integration afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that's going to happen overnight or really quickly. So if you do fall back a little bit, that's completely okay. It's, it's you know, going, going one step back to take two steps forwards. Yeah. So the really important thing when you're starting out is just to take it easy on yourself and not judge yourself if, if you fall down or, or if you notice, oh, my God, uh, <laughs> There's so much coming up right now. What's wrong with me? Uh, it's all completely normal. I love that though, because you're you as much as you try, there are always going to be times where we just don't show up as our higher self that particular day. It just wasn't in the journey. And so instead of it being this perfectionism or, you know, generating anger and frustration and 
I think if we can become responsible for that experience when we have the awareness and work with that energy at that time, even if we didn't show up in the best way before, as long as we're out of that self-condemnation and out of that really negative space and negative energy and really acknowledge, like you were saying, acknowledge the places where we are making that change and making that shift and know that that's always moving us forward and we're not always going to be perfect angels <laughs> in all of our <laughs> experiences. Exactly. You know, we may always have, you know, these periods or moments of regret and that's where we can, I think, practice even more conscious relating of what is that bringing up in me, that feeling and that perfectionism and that rigidity, what's happening there. And now how can I work with that and how can I take responsibility for it? Yeah. I know that I really enjoyed your ebook that you have on your website. It was about the five essentials to conscious relating. And I wanted to just mention that for those who perhaps are interested in really learning more about this from a foundational perspective and maybe having a little bit of a framework and a guide that that might be able to support them or help them understand that a little bit more. Can you tell people how they could connect with you, what the best way to do that would be? Sure. So the best way to do that is to go to my website and there you'll find lots of information, articles, and you can sign up to my email newsletter. I also mm -hmm. have a Facebook page called Grounded Mysticism and a closed private group called self-realized relating mm. and you can sign up sign up to either of those and there's regular postings on various topics i do live sessions in my group and uh, there's also various ways of working with me but um just to begin with it's great to to get in contact and and get to know each other yeah there has to be like the the beginning place, you know, but I think you have a very nurturing community from the things that I've seen where you're really um, intentional about presence and trying to support other people and what it is that they're doing so they can have more fulfilling relationships, not just with other people, but with themselves. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show, Richard. I really appreciated all of your insights and how you answered all of our questions today. Thank you again for being with us. And I appreciate your work so much. Thank you. It was a real pleasure being on. I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope you got a lot from this talk. I'd love to hear some of your takeaways too. You can find me on Instagram at Sedona Medium or on Facebook. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. Many blessings. The Modern Life and Spirit podcast is for informational purposes only. The information provided is not intended to provide medical, psychological, legal, or financial advice. The information provided is not to diagnose or treat any medical or psychological illness. To read the full disclaimer, see SedonaMedium.com.